Welcome to 1001 Good Nights, a podcast about the stories behind bedtime stories. Follow along with two new dads, one a psychologist and one a book editor, as they explore the nighttime ritual of their foreseeable future. Hey, Ben. Hey, Nick. We're exceptionally lucky to add more than 20 years of specialized experience to the show as we are joined by Nancy Elwood, publishing director of Arcadia Children's Books. Thank you so much, Nancy. It's uh, so great to have you. I'm glad to be here. Nancy, can you tell us briefly um, about the Spooky America series you're working on and, and specifically how do you determine a suggested reading level um, or age range for books like that, for spooky books? Spooky America is um, a really fun series of books that tells the ghost stories, haunted tales, and mysterious legends from cities and regions across the country. So they're nonfiction. They're not made up ghost stories. What they do is sort of investigate the stories and legends that have carried through over generations about a place, a building, a certain, you know, woods or a cemetery and, and what uh, strange phenomena people find there and what's the source and who those ghosts could be. Um, so we starting with eight books from around the country. Uh, there's one in New England, Connecticut, Savannah, Charleston. There's one about the Queen Mary, which is a ship docked in um, Long Beach, California. Now it's a famous old uh, luxury liner from the 30s and 40s that served in World War II, but it's very, very haunted. So they're really neat stories. Um, and I think the the age range we are targeting for this series is middle grade, which are kids 8 to 12 years old, roughly, um, that's about third grade to about seventh grade. And I think that's the perfect age group for these stories. They're not terrifying. But they are creepy and they're a little weird. Um, but throughout all of our books, there's a lot of history about the place we're talking about um, to give some context. And there's lots of historical figures who play a role. So it's it's interesting. It sort of tweaks the kind of I like scary stories part of the brain and also I'm learning a little bit part of the brain. Um, but the reading isn't too babyish and it's not too difficult. It's in this like perfect sweet spot of interest level and reading ability so you can tell a good story with all the detail without losing your audience. Okay. So I, I know that you say that uh, they skew more spooky and weird than terrifying, but it, since I feel like sometimes when you're a kid, it's kind of a crapshoot what scares people and what doesn't. I, like whether it's you know toilets or elevators or whatever, do you have <laughs> uh, a stock response for parents who are worried that that's these books will give their kids nightmares or something? or um, I think you go with your gut. You know your kids. And um, I like to, to challenge my kids a little and, and push them and, and offer up reading that's a little either beyond their, just beyond their reading level or a genre or topic that they're, they don't usually gravitate toward. Um, but if your kid is prone to nightmares, I would definitely say read a little bit first and, and know what you're handing off. Um, but if you're really not sure if your kid's up for it, I would give them the benefit of the doubt. They'll know if they like it or not pretty quickly. Um, and again, this age is still on the younger side. So if something creeps them out, they'll put it down and they'll tell you. So I think you can trust them on that. We're shifting gears here a little bit, Nancy, tell us about the most logistically challenging children's book you've ever worked on. 
I think that's got to be a book called Sharkpedia, which I did um, about 10 years ago when I was at DK Publishing. And we had a minuscule budget. So while I was the editor of the project, um, I had almost no money. So I wrote almost the whole book myself also. And I did hire a freelance writer to help um, a bit of it. And then because I was doing the most of the writing, I spent most of my money on a shark expert so she could vet what I was writing to make sure that it was good and accurate. She worked directly with a, a shark photographer who was giving us pictures. We also had a separate freelance photo editor getting us more images and all of that text and imagery and expert information was coming in at the same time while I was writing and a designer was trying to put it all into a 125 page book. So it was um, a lot of moving parts, um, all of it underwater, <laughs> which was great, but it was, it was, it was big. There were, that was a, a six month period of extremely late nights. Yeah, I bet. And uh, that that does sound complicated, though, though I feel like I did get a little bit stuck on just the idea of you thumbing through the yellow pages and trying to look up shark photographer. <laughs> or Luckily, the shark <laughs> expert brought him along. <laughs> uh, that's right. Well, I mean, if you're a shark expert, like you've got you, you've got to have a good shark photographer in, in, in the Rolodex. Um, can you give must. us uh, can you give us a, a recommendation for a book, a uh, children's book that you think is underrated that maybe most people haven't heard about? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to throw you a sort of generic response to this. And again, it, it's probably because I have a 10 year old and a six year old. So I think the learn to read early chapter books, like the step into reading, those tend to be very underrated and kind of thrown away. You know, you use them for a little while, but I think they're critical to getting that like a seven year old really hooked on enjoying the process of reading and getting lost in a book. And I think they're well worth your time, um, no matter where you are. And actually, there's one that I remember from growing up. It's like a, it's in my family. It's a classic. It's called Who's a Pest? And it's just a, you know, step. I can't, I don't think it's the Step Into Reading series, but it's one of those. And it's hilarious. And I read it when I, it, like, we're talking late 70s, early 80s. I think it was written in the 60s. Um, but again, it's called Who's a Pest? It's by a writer named Crosby Bonsall. Uh, I think it's a Harper book. I think it's their reading program. But it's just this silly, rhymy, ridiculous story that was a trigger for me to like love picking up books. Um, and I hope my, my son didn't love it. I'm hoping my daughter will. Yeah. That's, well, it's, it's nice to have, uh, to recommend things to other people so that the, the book takes traction <laughs> some, yeah. somewhere. That's a, that's a perfect recommendation. Thanks so much. Um, that's really all the questions we have. Would you mind just closing us out with those last few lines of good night moon? I'd love to, uh, good night, nobody. Good night, mush. And good night to the old lady whispering hush. Good night, stars. Good night, air. Good night, noises everywhere. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, check out our other content at 1001goodnights.com and help us out by rating the show on iTunes.